Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Forestines Fire American Soccer Show as we will, or I will, I should say, uh, review this matchup between the United States and Panama, a 6-2 win for this young U.S. men's national team that has shown some great moments, great ability, uh, amazing goals that were scored here, and, you know, this match... We have to be honest. There were still some good things in this match that happened besides the goals. There were some good plays, good attacking runs uh, in this particular matchup. But the truth is this. The truth is this. There were some negatives, not large, not to be overblown or anything like that. But the truth is, is that what we saw was something that was very good, more improvement, But this is where you have to say, and let's be honest, let's be honest, it is a good young core of attacking American players, solid midfielders, solid defenders, that has done amazing things in this match. Slow start in this one, but then it finally started to come together, and... We're not going to go crazy here. We're not going to go nuts. There is some wonderful things you can talk about in this game, but every here and there, there's some negatives. Now, a little bit more glaring on the negatives. Not too much. Not too much. But I liked what I saw. I enjoyed what I saw. <coughs> Excuse me. I enjoyed what I witnessed from Greg Berhalter and his young and hungry American players that ply their trade, with the exception of Sebastian Legit, they ply their trade in Europe. And what we saw was a young and hungry men's national team in both games. Now, I understand in the Wales match, not a lot of top players, but still, though, when you look at a national team like Wales that has good players... And their great players are currently on the bench. Their extraordinary players are not even on the roster, but they're over at the stadium anyway to take on the USA. And majority of the match, 95% of the possession was in favor of the U.S. men's national team. They could have had at least two or three goals, maybe even more. Those would have been nice. But you're seeing the continuity coming together at their camp before the two friendlies happened. The continuity started very quickly, very fast, and there's nothing wrong about it. Nothing. I have to tell you, everybody, I have to tell you, this is a situation where this is what you want to see. You want to see who is ready to make the next step. Who is ready to go out there and play not only at the best of their abilities, 
but to show some continuity with their fellow teammates on the national team that normally they don't play with on the same team. Now, if you do play with each other, like Serginho Dest and Conrad De La Fuente, they play together at Barcelona, but everyone else plays on separate clubs. But the way that they got together, the way that they started to play with each other, you can see that they are able to uh, get the chemistry together very quickly. And who makes that engine run the way it does? Who makes this engine run? Um, definitely, definitely, Giovanni Reina. Gio Reina makes this engine run. Um, you know, Nicholas Gio Accini had a great match in this one, got a brace. Um, the attack was absolutely fabulous in the opening 45. Like I said, a little bit slow to begin with, and that's understandable. You're going from uh, a European opponent to a CONCACAF opponent. You saw, and I'm being honest here, you saw this national team coming out and doing a job after they woke up, getting scored on early by Panama. This national team is improving. You know, I'm still feeling good about Greg Berhalter being the head coach of this national team, even though I'm still a little weary about him taking on Mexico. That's a different story for a different time. I am not going to, I'm not going to buzzkill this performance. I'm not, excuse me, I'm not going to, Bring that up because you want to see what these young players can do in an international setting. And at the same time, <clears throat> it is also seeing the chemistry of what these players are going to do. What I'm happy to see is Tim Ream coming back into the national team, not playing as a fullback. He's playing as a center back, his natural center back position. I am seeing Tim Ream coming back in and doing well for himself. But let me just say this, and it has to be said, we don't know if Tim Ream is going to be, you know, a part of this national team going down the road. We know we need veterans on this roster to help the kids out. And you would like to think that Tim Ream, who is a veteran, has been playing in England with both Bolton and then of course now with Fulham. Maybe there's an opportunity. Maybe there's a situation. Maybe. Just maybe. That. This national team now has the light at the end of the tunnel. And once again, we're seeing the play of these players handling the play with European club competition. You're seeing them meshing very well together and attacking, defending, creating chances. This, my friends, this, my friends, is something we are all hoping and wanting to see. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been striving for. We are striving for our American players to go out there 
break into a starting 11, starting off on the bench, showing the patience for them to just not only work hard, but to be used in a proper place on these European clubs that normally, you know, if you're a goalkeeper, if you're a defender, you are automatically on the national team. Now you're seeing attacking players and goal scorers getting the opportunity to be on the international level. It's only been two matches in, maybe a match and a half, maybe half a match. But what we have seen right now in front of our eyes, in two games, they are able to handle it. They are able to go and attack it. They are able to do the right thing. They're able to do the job. Now, let me just say this. <clears throat> I know there are people that are still not believing that Major League Soccer, the level of what goes on in the European leagues, that is true to a certain point. That is true to a certain point. A certain point is this. The academies are producing world-class players. The academies are producing players that are playing at a higher level. And that higher level is being given an opportunity to play at a professional level league that's considered the top division league in American soccer. This is why if you are going to get an opportunity to play on the national team, you must be an MLS first. They have to be showcased before you assume it's not worth it. You cannot come out of nowhere and assume if you just go straight from an academy into an, into an international club in Europe or in South America, or even in Mexico, and expect them to shine quickly, then you know what? They're going to be found at a level below MLS because then they will go to the independent academy camps to find those players. See, what some of you don't understand is, is that Christian Pulisic got lucky that his father knew people in Europe to give him a chance called all the scouts and said, listen, come see my son play. They came to Hershey, Pennsylvania to see Christian Pulisic play. And what happened? Borussia Dortmund won the sweepstakes. And now because of Sancho, who's English, knocking off Pulisic at Dortmund, now he signed a major deal with Chelsea because Chelsea saw what Pulisic is all about, and now they're going to give him all the money that he deserves, and that's what happened. And now, of course, there's a little injury here and there, but the point is, is that the point now is this. Depending on what Greg Berhalter does with a national team roster for either the up-and-coming tournaments in the CONCACAF Nations League semifinal and final, the CONCACAF Gold Cup that's coming in July, World Cup qualifying, final round beginning this coming September. When Pulisic is, is correct and right, attacking on the pitch and doing things unbelievable, then 
this is the hope that you have, is that you can have both. Gio Reyna, who was absolutely brilliant in both matches, absolutely brilliant in both matches. If you see Gio Reyna and Pulisic on the pitch at the same time, that is a deadly combination that I think can definitely put the U.S. men's national team into a position of not only getting fantastic play, creative play, working well with the ball, but a partnership that could definitely be something that we will see for the next decade. Now, once again, that's just my opinion. That's just my feeling. But to see what Gio Reyna can do, we've already seen him do it for Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga. If you watched it on ESPN through their plus chat, through the ESPN plus streaming, what we are seeing right now in front of us is the next age of international players. But the one thing we cannot do as supporters of American soccer, of this national team, we can not, I repeat this, we cannot put too much pressure on these kids to perform. They hear the chatter. They go to social media, just like all of us go to social media. We have opinions. We believe they are the next crop. We believe that these are the ones that should go. We, are, we believe these are the ones that have to be out there and have to perform. But the point is, is that they need veterans to guide them. Veterans to guide them. And I understand you don't like Michael Bradley anymore. You don't want Josie Altidore anymore. You don't want any veterans that are playing in MLS. You don't even want any players that are playing in MLS to be on the national team. But the point is, is that you have no choice. Whether you like it or not, you have no choice. These players need to be molded on an international level. The international level is a lot higher than the club level. Not just for MLS, but also for players that are coming from the Bundesliga, players that are coming from the Premier League, coming from La Liga, coming from Serie A League On. And so on, and so on, and so on. And here's the other thing as well that everyone has to understand. No matter the opponent that comes from CONCACAF, we do not qualify for a World Cup either through CONMEBOL, which is South America, UEFA, Europe, Asia, Africa. No. We qualify into the World Cup through CONCACAF, which means, yes, we're going to have to play a very minor Caribbean nation. Yes, we're going to have to play a tough Caribbean nation. Yes, we have to play a minor Central American uh, competition. Yes, we have to play a big Central American competitive team. We will always have Mexico to be dealt with. We now have to worry about Canada for improving their player pool due to not just international players going into England or, or you know some of the Scandinavian countries anywhere else in the world, even in MLS. But you must be careful 
when you do not respect an opponent, no matter how great or how terrible they are. And when we get to the Gold Cup, they're going to take on Canada first in the group stage of the Gold Cup this coming July. You have to prove that you are the better national team. You have to prove it. You have to prove it. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Do not assume it's in the bag. If you assumed it, you're going to lose it. Do not pull that off. Do not try and assume we are the big bad United States. We are going to go and take them out. You saw what happened when they failed to qualify because they took on a C squad in Trinidad, Tobago, and they did not take the USA lightly. We took them lightly, meaning the players that were part of it. And you have every right to be upset. I have every right to be upset because what we saw was absolutely terrible. But this is the next crop. This is the next decade. Anticipating, dominating, respecting the opponent, but still go out and smash it. What we just saw in this one against Panama, there was a lot of good, there was some bad. And it has to be said, I do not like it that they fell asleep and allowed a second goal for Panama to be scored. That was just terrible. That was mind-boggling, and it was disgusting. I can give Tim Ream a pass on that one. But Matt Miazga, once again, fell asleep. Fell asleep and did not pay attention to the situation. I understand you're claiming handball, but you know if it's not going to get called, keep going. Because that's what the Panamanians did, and they scored. We cannot have a blip, a brain fart, to go out and find ways to give life to the opponent. They scored three fantastic goals in the first half. They scored another three goals in the second half, more to the back end of the second half. But still, though, that had to happen they had to mean business. They had to score. Six to two is fantastic. But the truth is, the first three were the ones that knocked out Panama. <clears throat> the back three, and I'm not saying, you know, there's nothing to sneeze at, but let's be honest, that's just piling on. And they had to pile on. They had to. And for this national team to go forward, to find a way to beat up on Panama, it was excellent. It was fantastic. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was great. But once again, certain things cannot happen and should not happen. Um, Let me go to the opening 45 here. We all know they were a little slow to start out of the gate. Uh, They got scored on in the eighth minute of the match, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, a little adversity right now. They didn't start off well. They didn't open the match well. 
you know, let's see what these, you know, what this team has. You know, this is the first time um, that, you know, they got punched in the mouth. Because the truth is it was their own doing that they got punched in the mouth. So what happened? After that, boom, boom, boom. Three goals. Three goals in a span of, I would say, eight minutes. First things first. Fantastic free kick goal by Gio Reyna. Fantastic free kick goal. You know, I I watched, um, I, I watched uh, an old match in the FA Cup. Uh, Arsenal holding, you know, uh, Arsenal taking on Leeds, and <clears throat> and Arsenal had Thierry Henry back on loan from the New York Red Bulls, and as soon as he comes in as a substitute. He scores the goal. He didn't have to do much. And I remember um, John Champion and Craig Burley on the, on the broadcast. And this is more on YouTube because I know it was on Fox Sports Channel, uh, Fox Soccer Channel at the time, where uh, you got the international feed and the international um, uh, broadcast. It was somebody else. And I'll remember what Craig Burley said in his analyst, you know, being the analyst for the match. He goes, "You don't have to batter it. You don't have to smash it. You just have to, you just have to place it." And that's what Henri did. And that's what Giovanni Reina did. That's what Gio Reina did. He didn't have to smash it. He didn't have to, uh, you know, kill the shot. He didn't have to destroy the ball. You know what he did? I'll tell you what he did. He placed his free kick perfectly. Bending it inside the far post, being the keeper, and it was an absolutely brilliant shot. Absolutely brilliant. Nicholas Giugini, two big goals. My God, two goals in four minutes by him. That was just an unbelievable moment for him to see what he can do. And of course, getting that second goal on the rebound when it was shot into the keeper, but the keeper couldn't handle it. The rebound went to Gio Accini, and he just buries it to make it 2-1. And then he does it again. Great job by, I believe it was Musa, who attacked the ball. He crossed it towards Matt Miazga, who kept it in, headed it back towards net, which I know he was trying to go for the net, but Gio Accini... Heads the ball in. Heads the ball in, past the keeper, 3-1, and that is halftime after an excellent opening 45. Second half was a little, I would say a little squirrely, a little freakish, to see what they were able to do, to see how they were able to do it. These players found a way, and they found a way, go out and get the goals. But once again, when you are seeing uh, the other side in Panama, 
make adjustments to start the second half. Gabriel Torres, a veteran in this match, in, you know, in international football and in MLS and anywhere he's been playing at. Gabriel Torres being inserted at second half. Um, Panama had to respond. They had to respond to find a way to make the match competitive again. And maybe, maybe the USA team, our kids, got a little bit ahead of themselves. They thought, oh, this is going to be uh, an excellent second 45. We're going to do the same things we did in the opening half. And that didn't happen until Greg Berhalter made substitutions that made the game maybe a little, more, a little bit more even. But definitely, Panama had advantages when they did those adjustments and substitutions in the second half. You've got to give Panama credit for making those substitutions because that stopped the U.S. men's national team from getting their flow. They still tried to attack, but it wasn't crisp enough like it was in the opening 45. And that is the issue that you're going to have right now. Once again, I am not complaining. I am not yelling. I am not you know, crying out bloody murder. This is the very first time for these kids to have a senior level international match, two of them, to take on opponents that one you barely play against, the other one you do play against a lot due to World Cup qualifying, due to the CONCACAF Gold Cup, and so on, and so on, and so on. And even curtain cl- and even if you do play in the CONCACAF Champions League, you're going to take on a Panamanian side. It's just the truth. You're going to have to deal with it because they're looking to knock you down. Now the CONCACAF Nations League is another tournament that's official. So all I'm saying is, is that when you notice these situations, when you are aware of these situations, when you have to pay attention to the other situations that you know, involves the U.S. men's national team, they are going to be used. They are going to be chosen for that type of situation. If you don't pay attention to these things, then you will be lost. So, as of right now, a great opening 45. And like we already said, the start of the second half was a little bit clumsy, a little bit, I would say, a little bit lost, not too badly, but they did acquit themselves. Now, of course, Panama scores that second goal because, once again, a lap of concentration that uh, struck both Matt Miazga and Tim Ream. But when you see the second half and you see the substitutes getting involved, that was just absolutely fantastic. And, you know, you have players that you we have seen already on the national team when they were on the under-20s. The under-20 team that Tab Ramos had. And I got to say, Sebastian Soto put himself into perfect position to score two goals. The second one, I'll admit, I thought the second one uh, didn't even go in. Like, like John Strong on Fox Sports 1. He didn't think it went in, but it did. 
I thought uh, Soto missed the second one, and he just uh, he missed the back. Uh, he missed the uh, uh, the near post and went behind. Uh, uh, you know, uh, wide, but it did go in. It went in, and that was the second goal in second half stoppage time from the Richard Ledesma. Uh, that's some nice uh, nifty passing. You know, at the same time, Richard Ledesma, two big assists in this one, two big assists, both to Sebastian Soto. And I got to tell you, I like what I see from the kid. Wasn't expecting the call. Just started to play at PSV Eindhoven in the Everdeversi. First club match, first Europa League match. Now, first national team call-up. For now, in my opinion, he'll be a bench player for the national team. He'll probably get a spot start somewhere, mostly and probably in friendlies. But the truth is, is that I liked what I saw from Richard Ledesma. I liked what I saw. I was happy with what I saw. I was extremely excited to watch these kids play. It was unbelievable. It was absolutely amazing to watch these kids go out and perform at the highest level on the international stage. All you can do is just admire and be amused at what you're seeing. And in these two matches, everything's a positive. Everything is a positive for the men's national team and the new age. If you want to say 10 for 10 combined, not just this match, both matches combined. You know, 10 being the best, one being the worst. In the opening match, I gave it a six. And I agreed with the six. Because even though they didn't score, and that's okay. That is okay if they had no goals against the Welsh. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. No goals. They should have had a goal or two at least. Maybe even three. They didn't score any. You know, bad miss. Bad, you know, good goalkeeping. That's fine. I understand. But they dominated the, the, they dominated the play. They dominated the possession percentages. That's fine. That's okay. That's not a big deal. I enjoyed that. I loved it. It was fantastic. But I have to say this, though. I have to say this. If you want to talk about the um, this match, Lala said probably a 6.5, probably a 7. I'll go with this. For this match, I will agree to a certain point that, yes, this is a seven. But if you want to go with overall both games for this national team, one through ten, ten being the best, one being the worst, I'm trying to be as fair as I can be, I will go with 6.9. Just a tick below seven. 
just at below seven. I'm not saying I'm 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 upset. I'm not saying I'm sad. Look, it's not like I'm giving them a four. It's not like I'm giving them a five. I'm giving them a six point nine. And the only reason why I give them a six point nine is really simply put in the second game. The defense fell asleep on two of the goals that they allowed. They did not pay attention to the adjustments that Panama made in the second half. Outside of that, everything else was great. Everything else was great. But you've got to take both the good and the bad. So at least if you say a six for the Wales match and a seven for this match against Panama in Austria, I, I have to go with a 6.9. I have to. Without a doubt, 6.9. Now, if you want to call in real quickly and give me your thoughts, 646-929-1823, come on over and talk about it, whatever you want. But once again, my prediction uh, or, or my, uh, my style points, the scoring, the rankings, the ratings, whatever you want to call it, like I said, I'm going to call this. A 6.9. It's a 6.9 for me. Uh, like I said, I don't have a problem with it. I think that's much better. I'm not giving it an 8. That's way too high. 7? I probably would I probably would have given it a 7, but a 6.9, I, I just think it's more even-keeled. But I love what I see. And just remember, this is only two games. There's only two games involving these, these groups of players that, that apply their trade in Europe. Now we have to see what we're going to have to see when there's going to be a camp for players uh, that are applying their trade in Major League Soccer. We have to see what's going to happen when the kids that play in MLS get that opportunity to be on the international stage. They must. They absolutely must find a way to get these kids uh, a national team camp, go out and do their stuff. They have to. They have to. Because if you want these international club teams to get these kids an opportunity, that's fine. Sebastian Legit, his goal, fantastic. I don't like this false nine. I, I, I just don't like it. Um, I just think it takes away from the attack. I really think you should just get rid of it, and I don't think they're structured enough to be a part of this. So all I can say is is that there's a situation where I think Greg Berhalter needs to tweak uh, his attack. He needs to tweak his tactics a little bit. I think the false nine is just not worth it. We need to have pure attacking football in front of us. Because if we're going to be messing around like this, um, you know, what are we doing then? What, what, what are we doing here with a false nine? Cannot have that happen. 
I just think if you could go four three three, then let's not have a false nine or have a false eleven. Um, let's just go out and do the job. Go out there, have some fun, and destroy the opponent because you know having a false nine would not work well here. I just don't like it. Um, <laughs> Eunice Musa. I know I said this with Carter Krishnayer on Thursday, on Thursday's uh, post-game show. And I understand there are certain things that, you know, you got to jump through hoops, find a way to influence this kid to play for the national team for the United States. He can play for Nigeria, he can play for England. His parents were born in Nigeria. Uh, he's been playing in England. He's in their system. He was born in the U.S., but still, though, He's got at least three national teams he can pick. I really believe that this is the opportunity right now, because of his birthplace being in New York City. This is time for Greg Berhalter to really pour it on and have him become a national team player for the United States. He gave him a taste. Berhalter gave him a taste and said, Kid, this is your starting position. It's yours to have in these two games. I want you to do what you've been doing. I want you to feel strong. England has too many great players. England has too many players that can probably play that position. And he would be ready to go right now if he would choose the United States for the national team. Plying his trade in Spain at Valencia. It is just absolutely fantastic to watch this kid do damage. And even though he didn't score any goals, and even though he hasn't been credited with any assists, tactically, what you are watching him, when you are watching him tactically, has been absolutely spot on. Just to see where he was fouled, he put himself in a position where A, he's going to get fouled, and B, B, he could force being fouled inside the area or just outside of the area. Great camera work by the Austrian television company that was able to give us that match on Fox Sports 1. Because I'm telling you right now, where they were positioned with the cameras was unbelievable. If Musa maybe would have stayed up a little bit longer, get fouled inside the area, maybe that's a penalty there. But he just gets fouled outside the area, just a foot outside the area. And that's where Gio Reyna put the ball into the back of the net when he took the free kick. What we are witnessing now. And there's going to be, and let me just say this right now, they're not going to dominate every single match. They're not going to do, you know, all these things on a regular basis. There might be some issues. Maybe a couple of screws loose. Things are not going to go the way, you know, they should be planned for. Sorry about that. Um, but what we have witnessed right now, what we have witnessed so far, is a national team that's going to do very well and dominate. 
But once again, where are, do they where do they play their trade when it comes to World Cup qualifying and other tournaments involving uh, their international football? Well, very simple. It is CONCACAF. Panama has also improved. But now it's time for Panama to show their stuff and what they're made of. But until then, the U.S. men's national team are showing great signs of improvement, great signs of attacking, great signs of going out there and doing the damage we know they can do. The young talent is finally getting respected. The young talent is finally earning their place. Everyone across the board is doing the damage. And it is fantastic to watch. Fantastic to watch. I think, ladies and gentlemen, we're seeing the next great decade coming back. Let us hope that when this decade is over with, the next crop will come in and take care of these players. Because as of right now, they're doing a fabulous job. They are doing a fabulous job of dominating, destroying. There's going to be some peaks and some valleys. There's going to be moments where you know they, they might not uh, handle the adjustments against them. But as of right now, they are showing what they're all about. And that, my friends, is what you want to see in this program. What you want to see moving forward. All I can say is, is that I am impressed. I am uh, enjoying what we are seeing from our national team. The up-and-coming players that are doing a job. They are doing a job, and I am excited to see this happen. You know, Musa really impressed me. Gio, Gio uh, Acini doing a fantastic job of, uh, you know, performing out there. I, I mean, I love – look, I've seen Tyler Adams for the New York Red Bulls many, many times. I know what he can bring to the table I know what he can do. I know the damage he can cause when he's on a soccer pitch. I know what he can do. I'm not worried about Tyler Adams at all. Um, Like I said, I think they have to officially cap Musa in in an official tournament. They've got to put him out there. They have to put him out there to go out, to go out, and dominate, to go out and dominate and tackle up top with Reyna. If you can have Reyna and Pulisic on the same pitch playing together, oh, my goodness. That would be just an absolutely fun time, not just for the U.S. men's national team, but to give CONCACAF firm notice firm notice that the U.S. men's national team is back. Possibilities of our team to qualify for the World Cup. 
in Qatar. That's how I feel. Can it happen? I believe it can. Will it happen? That I don't know. But at least the step is in the right direction for this national team. It's a step in the right direction for this national team to go forward, to do some damage, and to win some games and possibly some tournaments. I love it. I absolutely love what I've been watching. I can't get enough of it. I really hope we're going to get more. I really hope we're going to get more. We're going to have more fun. We're going to get some fun, have some fun here. And we are going to see the best of the best for our national team. Now we're going to have to see who's going to be coming uh, to the national team, uh, who's going to come out of Major League Soccer. I know you don't want to hear that. I understand you don't want to hear that. But if you uh, want to see who the next bunch of players are that are going to do some damage for the national team, well, then they're going to have to get their opportunity, whether you like it or not. Because if they are going to be showcased for these clubs in Europe, then, you know, they got to be looked at and they have to be used, whether you like it or not. To shut off this national team uh, situation with no players representing MLS is absolutely uh, flat-out wrong and a crime. A crime. We cannot ignore those players coming from Major League Soccer. They must have the same opportunities as the national team players that are applying a trade in Europe. That is the truth. We'll get to that uh, you know, during a regular show because uh, I don't want to you know, hang my hat on that all the time, but the truth is that's what has to happen. That's what has to happen. If you don't like it, look, that's what has to happen for uh, this national team to improve, get stronger, and be better. I know you want the old mechanism and everything else, and I'm not saying no. But the truth is, truth is, these players that do play in MLS need an opportunity somewhere. And they need to go out and do well. That is just the reality of the situation that's in front of us. They must get a chance. Okay? All right. Well, not much time left, uh, but I do think that uh, we've had enough already uh, to talk about this one. Uh, Just my own personal beliefs and opinions. I, once again, in this match, it's a seven. Two matches overall, a 6.9. Nothing terrible. Just a point one lower to go in between two matches. Once again, everything is absolutely fantastic. Everything is just going well for this national team. We have to see now when they're taking on huge opponents in world football and, of course, not just outside the region that we're a part of, but within the region we're a part of. Because if we ignore 
those minnows, or at least those teams that were once strong but are now terrible, and you give them an opportunity to dominate you and beat you, well, then we're back to the old drawing board, aren't we? And then we're asking ourselves again, and having Taylor Twelman say, what are we doing again? You know, that's, that's going to be a huge, huge problem for the men's national team. And as of right now, right now, what I'm seeing from these kids on the national team, it is damn good. It felt great watching national team football again, the international level. Again, it's great to have that back. And now it's time to see what else can happen. Okay? So my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for listening to me tonight. Final score over in Austria, the New York, excuse me, not New York, the U.S. men's national team. Um, defeating Panama by a final of six goals to two live in Austria. It was an absolutely wonderful two matches in the 2020 international calendar uh, to watch these players do their best, to dominate, to do anything and everything they're able to do and to go out and play strong, play well. They didn't score anything, did not allow anything in the first one against Wales, but against Panama, they absolutely blew the door wide open. Absolutely blew the door wide open. It was absolutely fantastic. So once again, thank you for listening to me tonight, and as always, please... Enjoy your football. I'll talk to you guys on Monday, Tuesday, depending on when the uh, MLS Cup playoffs are uh, about to begin after their uh, quarterfinal round. Maybe even uh, have an evening for the final round, for the uh, play-in rounds. Take care. So long, and bye-bye for now.